Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, and welcome to Marriage Helper Live. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper, and this is a program about you. As a matter of fact, let me give you that number you can call right now. It's 657 383 0812. That's 657 383 And you can call and talk with me and my co-host, Kimberly Holmes, who is with us, and she is also the CEO, and that means our mighty leader at Marriage Hilbert. <laughs> we <laughs> mighty. <laughs> we have a good time around here. Even though we deal with very, very serious topics, we deal with relationships. Now, sometimes the questions are funny. Sometimes we interact with people and we have a lot of fun doing so. Mm-hmm. And often, though, when we deal with people, they are in relationship difficulty of some kind. Mm-hmm. And we have become, over time, pretty good at helping people doing that. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I've been in this business, if you will, for a quarter of a century. And for the last 20 years, we've been doing this particular workshop. As a matter of fact, this is the 21st year of that workshop. It's our intensive three-day workshop we do for marriages in crisis. Mm -hmm. Now, on this program, if you'd like to call us at that number I just gave, and I'll give it again in just a moment. And if you, when you hear the answer, press the number one, that puts you in the queue to have your call screened. And that's the way that you finally get to us. And we can interact with you about anything you wish that has to do with relationships. Speaking of that, do we want to wait to the end of the program about our program, our our intensive weekend, or start off talking about some of the letters we've gotten recently about that? Your decision. It's your show. (sighs) Named after you. <laughs> Mary Shelper Live is named after me because I'm alive. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't you, is there, are there a couple of them there? I have two. Yes. Read one of them now, and then later we'll read another. These are just some of the testimonial letters we get. Let's start the short one as we start here. Let's do and that. And we have people lining up to talk to us, and we'll talk to them in just a moment. But first, people have been asked, could you give us more responses from people actually been through your three-day intensive as to how it helped them, if it helped them at all? Well, I don't know that these people have been through the workshop. Oh, the things that we did. I think that these people maybe have gone through the Save My Marriage course or some different things like that. But either way, still really positive. One person, she, she posted on the day that I suppose her husband was coming back, and she said, I'm still in shock. But either way, it's a good shock. I'll keep this short and I'll elaborate later. This was in our Facebook group, but here's what happened. My husband is basically now doing everything that I have prayed for. He's behaving the way that I've prayed for. And I'm actually typing this post um, from somewhere. We decided at the last minute to spend the holidays on vacation together. And that's where I'm typing this post from. We arrived on Christmas Eve and we're still going to be here another week. And it's been amazing. But I wanted to give a hope to the people people who have been standing for their marriage. I've been in this mess for a year and a half. We had two times where we started to reconcile and it ended up not working. We're on the third and final try now and I have faith. I've been rocking my pies this whole holiday. Hmm. I've been doing cycling. I've been cooking. And I just carried on a conversation with someone in Spanish for over an hour. I'm still guarding my heart, but my goodness, this feels good. Okay, just to let you know, when she says she's rocking her pies, Mm -hmm. she's not talking about holiday pies. (laughs) (laughs) Although, if she made them, I bet they were delicious. I'm sure they were. No, she is talking about being her best self physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Because if she's been practicing the pies for any amount of time, she knows that that's the only thing she can control. And that is the best thing that she can do for her, regardless of what ended up happening in her marriage. But of course, it's the best when you're working on your pies and your marriage ends up getting reconciled as well. Best yeah. of both worlds. I coined that phrase back in the early 2000s. I notice a lot of people around the world use it now, but I coined that phrase back in the early 2000s, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. It's another way of saying body, mind, heart, and soul. 
but it's a way to say it when you can remember it and, and not make it so religious because it's not about religion in this particular case. Now, I'm for religion, so don't misunderstand. But it's about the, the totality of you, every part of your being, your body, your mind, your heart, and your soul, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. And Kimberly, our CEO, mm. with her master's in psychology, has become quite an expert on dealing with the pies. And so we're happy that she's rocking mm-hmm. the pies that she's working one of our programs, mm-hmm. and you think probably she's in our online course. Probably. Is that open right now, or is it about to be open soon? You know, we are opening our online course again around Valentine's Day. Ah. It'll be very we have some we have some changes to it, some exciting changes, some really great changes that we're adding to it, some some fun things like that. So it's it's opening up to the public again in the middle of February, but we are opening enrollment to anyone who would be interested in joining us for our Save My Marriage course live that has not been a part of the online course yet. We those people have been able to register for the live event that we're going to be hosting here in the Nashville, Tennessee area, March 27th through 29th, and we're opening that up to new people who are not members of the course yet. And when you register for that live event, you get a ticket to the live conference that's happening here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. And you also get access to the online course. You can go ahead and access it now, but you'll get access to the updated online course that will be coming out after that event. Because at that event, we are filming the new material. So, And so it's, this perfect. is a program we do for the person who wants to save the marriage when the spouse is not yet interested in doing so. Mm-hmm. And so if a spouse is willing and wants to come, we invite you to come to our intensive three-day workshop. Right. It's very powerful. But not everybody's there. And when you're saying, my spouse is not there right now, what do I do? Then this is the program for you. This mm-hmm. online program that takes mm-hmm. you through a lot of material, helping you understand what you can do that can have the best effect on your spouse. Right. Okay. Ready to go to our first call here? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to go to Todd, who is in Illinois. Hi, Todd. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? Well, Fine, not thank good. You. But... Oh, I'm sorry. How may we help you? Um, well, um, my wife has left me for someone else. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to repair the marriage to get my family back. Um she brings our kids around him, and it's just like a daily punch in the gut. A couple of questions, if I may. How old are your children? Uh, 15 and 10. Okay. Males, females? Both girls. Both girls. Okay. And how long have you been married to your wife? 15 years. Okay. And how long has she been involved with this guy? Uh, well, I didn't find out about it until June or July, but since May. Okay, so it's been going for a while. Now, help me, because I didn't catch the first part of that. Is she still living with you, or has she moved out? No, she moved out. Okay. Is she living with him? She was staying with him for a couple months and then got an apartment in the same apartment complex as him. Okay, but at least not staying in the same place with him. And how are the girls doing emotionally? Um, well, my 15-year-old is staying with her. Uh, the 10-year-old, I took her to see a counselor. She didn't like it, so we haven't been back. But she sleeps in a corner of my bedroom. Um, hmm. I'm afraid that so, she's not doing great, but she doesn't want to talk about it. <clears throat> okay, but she refused to go back to see the counselor, but she's not a very happy yeah. camper. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't think so. I'm so sorry for that. And and what specifically are you asking us to help you with today, my friend? I just need any, I mean, I, the pies thing is great, but it, it doesn't matter. I, I won't, I can't see her, so I can't demonstrate anything. Um, I can text, but the only thing she responds to is if I say something about the kids. Okay. Now let's talk about the fact that you say that not seeing her affects the pies. Kimberly, can you address that for a minute, that how the pies actually can work, even if you're having no access to the other person? You know, this is something that I'm beginning to say all of the time now, mm-hmm. which is we don't do the pies. It's not a get your spouse back quick scheme. That's not what the pies is. And I, I fear that's what people hear and latch on to because they're looking for something. Mm-hmm. Todd is looking for something. There's hundreds, thousands of other people who are looking for that thing that's going to bring their marriage back together. But when we start thinking about the pies as a, a, a 
quick scheme, so to say, I can't think of a better way to say it, to get our spouse back. And if we're only doing it because we want to show them when they're around that we're changing or we're doing this or we're doing that, if that's our purpose and our intention for it, it's not going to work. And here's why. Because if my, and that was me, when I first, back when me and my husband were going through our difficult times in our marriage several years ago, to be honest, when I first started working on my pies, the thought that went through my head was, I'm going to do, I'm going to work on me so that he'll see it and then he'll be the one to change because he's the one who really needs to change. And here's what happened. No matter what I would do, I was watching him because if he wasn't responding to me or reacting to me or saying things to me that I wanted him to say, then I thought, well, it's not working. And so what then did I do from that? Either I would go back into my depression, my anxiety, because it doesn't matter. I'm not worth it. Nothing that I'm doing that I'm doing is working. Or I would try and do the things that I felt like he would like for me to do. And it, it turned into, it, it wasn't a good thing to do. It wasn't until I focused on me as an individual. What can I do to become the best that I can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, even if my husband doesn't see it happening? Mm-hmm. Because I have to do it for me. <clears throat> That's right. That's regardless. And it would just stifle my growth as a person, my future, whatever that might hold, if I said, well, if he's not around to see it, then I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about you becoming the best you exactly. that you could be in, the, in your best in your situation of life in which you're in. Exactly. And you say, well, how in the world is he going to help my marriage? First of all, as you said, it affects you. Mm-hmm. And anything that affects you will affect the potentiality of that relationship, whether you're aware of it or not. And then there's another side issue to that. If, if indeed it becomes who you are, mm-hmm. you're really doing it for you, then the people that know the two of you, what we hope happens then is that if they, when they're having conversations, in this case with your wife, would be, wow, you know, he has become the best him. Todd has become a, a better person than he was even in all these amazing ways. Because you're being, you're taking care of yourself physically, you're taking care of yourself intellectually, which means you can still think and function and don't get locked into this. And and emotionally, you do those things that evoke emotions within other people they enjoy feeling, no matter who they are around you. And that spiritually, you live up to your beliefs and values. And so we do hope it has an effect on the other person as the word spreads. Don't tell your friends to tell her that. That always backfires. But it's about you becoming the best person that you can be and and letting that spread out there in natural ways. And so it's not a magic wand. Mm -mm. It's not a magic wand, but it's something you do. And that part about if if indeed you do have conversations with your spouse, and right now you say she only responds to your text if you talk about the kids. Well, there's a thing called smart contact. And if you're not familiar with that, please go to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash marriage helper, all one word, and start listening to watching the videos about smart contact. Because smart contact says you contact the other person in in ways to which they will respond in a good way and not doing things where they respond in a negative or bad way. Mm -hmm. Now, these are not, as we've already said, magic wands. They're not like these are the the magic pills or the magic seeds you buy and you plant and here goes the vine that leads to the golden goose. It doesn't work like that. It's something that you work at, that you keep doing. I'm so sorry for your daughter's pain. My heart breaks for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even I ask you about the time frame, and I know it seems to you like this has been forever. In the scheme of things, it hasn't really been that long. Now, don't hear that as me saying it doesn't matter. Don't hear me as that saying you shouldn't hurt. You should. And it's long enough that it's extremely painful for you. So I'm I'm not trying to put that down. But in that letter that Kimberly read as we began the program, that woman's been in this 18 months. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to take your hope away. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I am trying to create a realistic picture. When it comes to emotion, sometimes things happen rapidly and sometimes take a little while. And mm-hmm. what makes the difference is whether or not you can last longer doing the things you need to do. Because ultimately, even if the marriage were to fail, God forbid, ultimately, you still want to being the best you you can be which makes things better for your future. But having that ability to stay in there, you learn, you grow, things change. And we truly hope that for you. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe, before we move on, I also mm-hmm. want to remind our <clears throat> listeners, we, we were talking about smart contacts and we have what we have called what we call the smart contacts toolkit, because there's a lot of questions that people have when, even when they watch the videos we have on YouTube about, well, what about this part of it or that part of it, or how do I actually implement all of these aspects of it? And we did a toolkit, which is amazing. I'm just <laughs> going to say it. It's <laughs> really because good. because the two of us did it. <laughs> Oh, good. But other people have said that as well. You can ask if you're in any of our Facebook groups, ask and you'll get you'll get their feedback. Trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes through exactly what smart contact is, what it is not. And then it breaks down each area of smart contact because the S-M-A-R-T all stand for something. Mm-hmm. And it guides you through that process. And it answers the most frequently asked questions that we get in regards to smart contact. And you can get all of that for just $27. It's really fantastic. You will get so much wisdom and information from that. And you can find it on our website at marriagehelper.com and type in smart contact toolkit in the search bar and you'll be able to, to get it from there. But I think it would, for anyone listening who's in that boat where they're trying to figure out, especially, especially if they've been seeing the things online on YouTube about no contact, which is everywhere. Except from us. And we don't destroying put it out there. people's chances in their relationships. So... Yeah, if you see those videos on smart on no contact, ignore those people, please. And I pray for smart contact. And one of the things about that video series we did there, Kimberly, mm-hmm. you know, we deal with so many of these things that, that sometimes when people ask us a question, we just deal with the aspects of that specific question, and we don't get to all the nuances and all the details because they're not asking about that. Mm-hmm. Whereas we sat down with this one and, and for, I don't know how many sessions it is, but it totals like, what, an hour and a half, something like that, of us being in the detail about yeah. this and then this and then this and this, which it's we normally good. don't get to do. Right. Okay. It's uh, good. All right, so I'm never going to move to... Uh, Idaho from Illinois. We were last with Illinois, Idaho. Mark. Hi, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing well, Dr. Beam. How are you? I'm doing well as well. How may we help you, sir? So um, I found out my wife was having an emotional affair with a coworker about five months ago. We've been married 18 years, have two mm-hmm. uh, teenage daughters, 15 and 13. Mm-hmm. And um, since she admitted to the emotional affair. She's since kind of backed off that and claimed that it's not, that's not what she meant. And um, when I asked her what, what she wants to do, she just says that she doesn't know what she wants to do. And um, so I, I am I'm to this point where she still has contact with um, her affair partner uh, they, like I said, they're coworkers. Um, she still texts him. I don't know how often they texted a lot back before I found out, and then that kind of mm-hmm. faded off after I found out and confronted her. Um, mm-hmm. She's still living in the house. Um, she made comments after I confronted her about, you know, did I want her to move out? And I said, no, I want to work on us and, and you know, figure this out. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so we still we still have contact. She still says that she loves me, but it's just difficult mm-hmm. when she still says she doesn't know what to do. She had some some childhood uh, uh, trauma, uh, mm-hmm. sexual stuff that happened to her when she was a young girl that she only disclosed yeah. to me after I confronted her about the affair. And she said that was mm-hmm. the reason that she had had so much contact with this coworker. She was able that happened to her and and uh and I had never known about them she had never told anybody about these things so my my question is what advice do you have for me going forward i mean do um do i i i can't exactly tell her you know you can't have any contact with him because i can't control what she does um and i've been patient i'm just hoping that she'll come around and and trying to get an idea from you, do you think I'm doing the right thing? And and still. Mm-hmm. So, how often are you having these conversations with her, my friend? Um, it is um, at the beginning, it was pretty frequent, and um, you know, it's the same conversation over and over again. I, right. you know, you you're having an affair, and she says, "Well, I don't see it that way," you know, or or 
or mm-hmm. it's not what you think and we're just friends and all these things. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's uh, so how often are you having these conversations about, now? Probably about once every once every couple weeks, few weeks now. And you bring them up always. Usually, yeah. Okay. Usually, yeah, and, yeah, and, I definitely. And what do you? And what are you thinking or hoping to accomplish by continuing to bring up the same conversation? I'm just curious about that. That at some point she's going that she'll just admit that, you know, yes, it was an affair and um and then just just stop denying it and admit mm-hmm. what it was and then hopefully decide, okay, now I want to work on that. Okay. When a person starts defending himself or herself, and in this case, of course, it's a herself, when a person starts defending themselves, the more they get challenged about it, most of the time, the more they defend themselves. What I mean is that, that your tactic of I'm going to keep chipping at this wall until finally somehow this wall falls down is probably not the best methodology. Now, could it possibly work? The answer is sure. Anything's possible. But is it likely to work? The answer is no. And so maybe you change your approach a little bit, my friend. Instead of doing it the way you're doing it now, Mark, where it's like I need her to admit she's having an affair, work on it from helping her understand how you feel. Because right now you're making it about her behavior. And that's when people tend to get defensive. They, they defend their behavior. They rationalize it. They work it out in their head. But if indeed you're saying to her something like this, when you bring it up, and, and I'm not so sure you should be bringing it up as often as you should, but, but in the right circumstance, in the right place where it fits, and you believe she's not going to be as defensive, rather than, than basically working on, I need you to admit you had an affair, work on it this way. I want you to understand how I feel. Because with you having this emotional connection with this man, I feel that I've been replaced. With you having this emotional connection with, with this man, I feel that I'm not having the place in your life that I need to be in and that I want to be in as your husband. Getting her to, to it, agree with how you feel, well, agree is not even a word. Getting her to understand how you feel is a much likelier thing to occur than getting her to admit that her behavior is wrong. And you can wind up with the same thing you're trying to accomplish now in the sense that if she actually acknowledges how you feel, because if she's defending your behavior, she doesn't have to deal with your emotions. If she can actually identify, yes, I see that it hurts you. I can see that this is bringing you pain. That's what has the greater likelihood most of the time. That's what has the greater likelihood in getting her to to back off. Like, I shouldn't be hurting you. It's not fair to hurt you. And so I suggest in these conversations, and forgive the redundancy, but I'm going to wrap up now, that rather than it being about what she's doing, it'd be about how you're feeling. Now, don't whine. Don't plead. Don't beg. Don't play the poor, poor, pitiful me. Because if you do that, she can also discount it like, oh, you're just being dramatic. So don't do it that way. Do it in the sense of honestly, openly, this is how I feel. I just want you to know. And don't keep bringing up and saying the same things over and over again. As we would say here in the deep south, don't, quit, don't keep beating the same dead horse. Just if she understands it and she gets it and she agrees to it, admits to it, then back off of that. Let some more time pass. The fact that she, did I hear it right, Kimberly, that she's still with him? I believe. So. I, I think you said that, didn't you, Mark? Just one second here. Let me press the right button. Did you say that she's yes. still living with you? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. In and that case. Still, and she admits, she says that she's sorry for how mm-hmm. I feel and how this Good. is making me feel. She says that. She's still, we still sleep in the same bed. She'll come in some Good. nights and cuddle up against me and says that she needs Good. me. And so, um, Good. You know, but then it just hurts because then at the same time, I know she's still having contact with him, and it's right. uh, it's just difficult. Okay, I understand it's difficult, but understand somehow in some way it's fulfilling some kind of emotional need for her. Now, I concur, this is wrong, it shouldn't be happening, it shouldn't be occurring this way, but for some reason it is. Now, if you can just back off of trying to convince her that she's doing something wrong, stay with that of just, I want to understand you, please understand me, it sounds to me like they're making pretty good progress already. Absolutely. The fact that she's in the bed with you and she sometimes cuddles with you and she says that's wrong. That's actually, those are good things. I know it hurts. I know you want to be over with, but if you'll keep doing that without continuing to attack her, I think that you can have a pretty good result with this. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Anything you'd like to add to that? I think that's great. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, we're going to go to New Jersey now. And is that Jay, you think? That's, I think so. Is that right? Are we pronouncing it correctly? Is it Jay? That's Jay, yes. How you doing? Fine. How may we well, help you today, Jay? All right. So where do I start? Um, I've been married for four years to my wife. Um, we've been together nine total. Um, we're currently separated. It's going on seven months now. Um, we have zero communication. She's blocked me off every aspect you could think of from cell phone, social media, anything. Um, we both have public service jobs, so it's kind of hard to be honest with you. Um, so to make a long story short, we all started out as, uh, she basically has an addiction to a prescription drug that she had to go away to detox for, um, through the years. I didn't know about it until after we got engaged. Um, so it was kind of rough on me once I found out about it, especially with the job that I do. Um, so I wanted to get her the best help I could, but the problem is, is you can't help someone when they don't want to help themselves. So to make a long story short, um, I guess we got arguments as time went on and I guess they were building and building and building. And then finally we had, you know, a blowout fight four years into our marriage one day and everything came out basically. Um, from what I do know, um, we're separated. I'm living in the house that is in her name, but I've been the one paying all the bills since day one. Um, what else? Uh, she's living with her friend now. She moved in with her parents after she went to detox and came out, and then she moved in with her friend. Her parents are adamantly for us getting divorced because she painted me out to be a narcissist, a physical and mental abuser, and basically everything you could think of, you know? And then... Uh, mm-hmm. To make a long story short, <laughs> sorry if I keep saying that, um, she moved in with her friend, and I don't know if she has as much of a family attachment as she did prior to um, when she first came out. Um, from what I was told, she wasn't at a couple of events that um, were pretty big with her prior to this, so um, maybe she's detaching a little bit. I'm assuming that. I, I, I don't know. I have zero communication, so as much as I want to try and do the smart contact and all that, it's just I, I can't, <laughs> you know, so... Um, mm-hmm. unless I block my phone number to call her, it's, which I've tried once because she got into a car accident and our insurance company called me and told me that she wasn't responding to anything. So I had a call mm-hmm. her from a blocked number and I never heard her yell so much. So, you know, so that was in the beginning though, a couple months after, uh, okay. we separated. And when she's telling people that you're mentally abusing her, emotionally abusing her, do you think mm-hmm. she has any, anything to base that on that she could interpret that way? Have you done things that she could interpret like that? Well, the only thing I can think of is maybe when I was like, like little things, like if I yelled at her for something in the sink or something like, you know, like, like uh, clothes on the floor in the bathroom or something, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was just built up aggression over time from, you know, that's really what it was. And it, but it was me. And so when you would yell at her, you're using volume. Is that right? I mean, like you're getting loud. We're using words. Were you using words that were also tough words like calling her names things well, like that uh, no no I, I i never called her names i never i never was like what are you stupid or something like that no 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 i never did anything like that i just would speak in a loud volume yeah I, I, that's definitely true i'm italian so yeah i speak loud to begin with <laughs> you know so okay so when you speak um, in a loud but, volume um, what kind of thing would you say to her would you just say this clothes on the floor loudly and that was all you would do or would you say more than that yeah, like literally that. It was just things like that. And then she'd be like, oh, you're overreacting and stuff like that. And I'd be like, well, just pick up after yourself. I'm not your mother. <laughs> I would say things like that. And that would kind of, you okay. know, probably send a dig to her, you know. So So you said it with intensity. It was, you said it loud. Did it come across yeah. as sarcasm as well, my friend? Well, it might have been. I perceived it as being, you know, like a sarcasm slash with it kind of in a way where she didn't, you know, I guess she took it to heart, you know? So, and that's okay. my fault for the wrong communication style, you know? So, okay. but my, my biggest thing is, is like, where do I go from here? I mean, I just, I got okay. zero contact. How am I going to go? You know? So okay. I'm trying to work on myself. I, I joined the gym, mm-hmm. did everything I could. I'm, I'm trying to Good. follow everything. I've watched you guys on YouTube a lot. Kimberly, I love watching you. Thank you. And um, it's just I'm, I'm trying to do everything you guys are saying and do the best I can for me because I need to be the best person for when this situation That's evolves. Correct. And I understand that. So, that and you know what? I, I got to look in the mirror. I'm not perfect. And it's mm-hmm. just I, I want to make the situation as best I can. I mean, I'm seven months into this with 
being separated, so to say, six months without, you know, after she went to detox. But to make a long story short, I'm not going to give up on somebody because the vow of marriage to me means a lot. And uh, if, I, if I know she's not out there doing something else with somebody else, then which I kind of know, um, you know, and she's mm-hmm. working on herself, well, then I have to work on myself, you know? So when the situation mm-hmm. comes back, we can, we can face it head on and, and be stronger together. You know, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. But I, mm-hmm. I just don't know what to do sometimes because I don't know what she's thinking or where she's going or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just trying to figure right. out what, what, what you guys might say, what, what your professional opinion is, you know? Okay. Well, it's like Kimberly was yeah. saying earlier, you don't do it based on what you think she's thinking. You do it based on what you need to do to be the best you that you can be. Now, you're quite a verbal person there, Jay. It's, uh, you, you know, you talk quite a bit. I'm not putting that down. It's your nature. You say, as you said, you're Italian. But if you're dealing with a person who is not as verbal and who really reacts to the tone of voice that you use and the things that you say, such as you yell at her and say, the clothes are on the floor, I'm not your mother, that you said you saw as sarcastic with a purpose, but it's what she's hearing goes right now. That's really what matters is why is she not wanting to talk to you? And and what I've heard you say is that the reason that she's not wanting to talk to you is because of the fact that she hears it as a put down as being disrespectful to her. Now that's what I heard you say. Is that what you heard Kimberly? I'm not saying that's what he intended, but if he's saying it sarcastically, he's saying it loudly and, and we're saying those things a lot. Then a particular person, people who are addicts tend to be more sensitive people. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning of when he started talking, there's something different about the situation in the sense that why? Why did she shut him off 100% completely, delete him from everything? Something happened, whether it's in her, the way she's perceiving things, the way that things, you know, happened in the marriage before, whatever it might be, there is something and you may or may not be able to figure out what that thing is. But Mm -hmm. the direction that Joe is going here is, is a good one. So since, since you can't read her mind or even talk to her about it and ask, because she's cut off that as an option as well, what we can do is go back to what we know. So we're reviewing the history. What do we know about how your reactions were? And and you're right. Even in a good marriage, if there's that sarcasm and those sh- slight digs that happen over time, they chip away at mm-hmm. just anyone's ability to to want to have conversation or to talk about things because you don't want to be yelled at or you don't want to feel like you're being disrespected. You don't want to be embarrassed about coming across like you're stupid. I mean, that happens in in every type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And particularly when one is an addict. Mm-hmm. You see, addiction most often has to do with escape. And so I don't I don't like life like it is. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way things go. And so by, the, by doing my addiction when I'm doing that, it's like I don't have to face reality. Mm-hmm. I'm in a little bit different world. One of the most common emotions that people who are addicts feel when they're doing the addiction is peace. Now, we're not beating you up. We are not beating you up. My guess is you're a man with a good heart who did Mm -hmm. what you believe was the right thing to do. So please, after all this, I mean, he might have already hung up saying, you guys have been beating me up. We're not beating you up. We're saying, if indeed you're going to put this back together, and I'm happy for your heart to do that. I mean, it says a lot of good things about you, young man. But if you're going to have any chance of putting this back together, it's going to be that you practice the pies, like Kimberly said earlier, for you. Even if she's not having any contact with you, you do it for you. Because that leads you to become the best person you can be. And if there's going to be any chance that word ever gets to her, that any opportunity is ever going to occur, it's not going to happen if you keep being who you were. It's going to happen only if you become who you should be. Now, I'm sure you were a good guy to begin with. But as you've already said, flawed. We're all flawed. And by practicing the pies, you become a better person. That increases the likelihood that you have a chance to do something in the future. It's amazing how often, Kimberly, opportunities come to people Mm -hmm. who are prepared for it. And they don't come to people who are not prepared for it. Right. And so in terms of the pies, it's preparing you for the opportunity. And I truly hope that you can do that. And I really do hope you have opportunity interact with her again and you guys can put this thing back together but remember the sensitivity particularly with an addict and that you need to be thinking how is she hearing this rather than what is it that you mean to do as you say it mm. okay and so now i'm going to go to uh, greg up in michigan hi greg how may we help you today hello dr b and kimberly hey hi i want to thank you for all you guys have done it's been a huge help for me um, 
I specifically want to talk in the context of, of midlife crisis type things and get your thoughts on that. I'm, I'm happy to give you some backstory. Um, we've been married 30 years in April. Um, we came to the workshop. I've put a lot of time into your videos and learning and working on pies. And I've, I've seen good results. And my wife has commented that she's seen good results. Um, and after the workshop, she decided she was going to put the divorce on hold and be separated. And then she okay. moved out. Um, through okay. this time, we've, we've gotten along better, better than ever because of the, the pies and the communication and the, the change in how I'm, how I'm speaking and treating and not mm-hmm. controlling. And I'm, I'm only letting love, like, respect, appreciation come out of my mouth and out of my, my thoughts towards her. And it seems to be making a big impact. Good. However, at the holidays, she, she took her ring off and uh, I, I asked her about that. And she said that she uh, was, was, was baking and needed to take it off. But then I noticed the next time she, you know, she still hadn't put it back on. Um, and so, and I, and I didn't comment, I just let that go. But you know, it, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that kind of, kind of has a little sting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, when, when we do talk, um, and only if she takes the conversation that way, you know, she'll make a comment that she, uh, she, she does still feel like, you know, she's probably leaning toward divorce. Um, there, there, there wasn't cheating. There wasn't abuse. Um, I, I have no reason to think that she is cheating. However, mm-hmm. she just really feels, she just really feels like she's confused. She just doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she, her, her, her mother was, was divorced three times in the first 10 years of her life. And there was um, alcohol abuse um, and there was physical mm-hmm. abuse toward the mother. And she witnessed some of this stuff. And she's been a great mother and a great, great wife. And mm-hmm. I can't say enough good things about our, you know, almost okay. 30 if years I may of ask, marriage. You say you've been married 30 years. How, how old is she, if I may ask? How old is your wife? Um, just turned 50. We okay. were married at 20. And has there been anything in the in the last year or so that you would that she would have perceived to be a major loss or a big loss, like a friend died or she lost a job or something that she expected to happen didn't happen. Any kind of a thing in the last year or so that would that she would see as a loss. We we sold our businesses uh, two years ago, and and our kids okay. grew up, moved out, and so there there's been change. Mm-hmm. But you know we we've, we've traveled and had more comfortable life, so you'd think it was better, but there definitely was, was the exit of the, the children. And then she had medical, medical condition with her that uh, was a concern for a while, but it seems to have, have not been anything. And that occurred long. within the last year or so as well, the medical condition? Yes. Okay. All right. So you talked about some three, three major lifestyle changes. One, you sold your businesses, which means you're doing things differently. Even though you started traveling, you're doing things differently. Another is the kids finally moved away or moved out. And the third is that she faced some kind of a metal, major medical condition. When we talk about um, midlife crisis, basically we don't use that phrase mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's so misunderstood and so misused by so many people. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the so-called midlife crisis, we talk about the fact that typically it's a period of mourning when people either something they thought they were going to have and finally realize it's not going to occur. They begin to grieve it. They begin to have a mourning period that they're not going to have it or something that they did have that now has dramatically changed. For example, whatever she did every day when you had the businesses uh, back when I was doing corporate stuff, there was a nice lady that owned a jewelry business that uh, she was offered $260 million for that business, by the way, when I was consulting with her firm. And she said, what would I do every day? It was going to be like, I, I, I don't need the money right. and I don't know how I would do with that lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do every day. And so it becomes a thing of I grieve losing something that was important to me. Mm-hmm. And so it could be my children finally I moved out of the house. That's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm grieving something that was important to me. Uh, oh, all of a sudden, it, not only did it that we sell the businesses in my life, they, um, my day to day stuff changed. The kids finally move out, which I understand. That's one of my jobs, helping to get them to do that. But I'm still missing them. And oh, by the way, I could die. Mm-hmm. 
All of that happening in a short period of time is confusing. Mm-hmm. And so when people refer to that as a midlife crisis, we say it's actually a grief process. And what it sounds like to me, and, I'm, and of course, I'm, I'm, I don't know everything, but what it sounds like to me is she went through three, three grief processes intermingled with each other. Not just one, 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 but I mean, these things all mixed together. And so her confusion is certainly understandable. Now, I admire the fact that you are doing what you're doing and you're being there for her. I think that is awesome. You say, well, how do I do this? If there's any way, then you help her grieve. Now, did he say she did or did not still live with him? She does not does still not. live there, but okay. they've, been, they've been spending time together. Spending time together. Mm-hmm. You say, well, how do I help her grieve? This is the kind of thing where that you could ask a friend of yours who is a psychologist, a counselor, has some kind of background, how do I help her grieve? Or I would suggest this. Now, it's going to sound weird, but, but I'm actually going to refer you to somebody else, and we rarely do that. I would recommend that you go to sparkoflife.org. All one word, spark of live.org, S-P-A-R-K-O-F-L-I-F-E dot org. David and Debbie Matthews run that. They work with us very closely at Marriage Helpers. As a matter of fact, they lead some of our intensive three-day workshops. And and if indeed you can get your wife to talk to either David or Debbie and consider going to one of their three-day intensives that's about grief, in my opinion, that's going to help you as much as anything. Now, we believe in our workshop, and I'm so glad that you came to the workshop, and I'm glad that you're doing better because of the workshop in, in many ways. But this grief thing, as you know, we don't really cover in our grief workshop because it's in our marriage workshop. We don't cover the grief stuff because it's so specific. And so all of you guys out there, if you have a spouse that's grieving over something, particularly if you think they're going through this midlife crisis, if they're grieving over something, go to sparkoflife.org. Now, Mm -hmm. their workshops are much more limited in size. And so you don't want to waste any time going there. We can put 25 to to 28 couples in one of our workshops. Theirs are much smaller than that. And so if you're going to get into theirs, you need to contact them right away. And you can talk to either David or Debbie. They're awesome people. They run those things. And and I think that that's, what do you think, Amber? I'm thinking that's what's really going to help this this wife, if indeed she would get involved with David and Debbie. Yeah, a, a struggle might be is if someone doesn't, if she might not think of herself as grieving. Exactly. And so that might be the first struggle of even just identifying, maybe it even starts with a conversation with her of, hey, when, when our kids left, how did you feel? When we sold the businesses, did you feel like you lost a sense of identity or things like that? And it mm-hmm. might just start with a conversation. But the thing for us to remember is there's no judgment on grief. So it would be easy for me to look at just that situation. I'm not saying this mm-hmm. is easy for me, but it could be easy for someone to look at that situation and say, that's not a big deal. Get, people do that that happens all the time. Ah. People get over it. Oh, well, she ended up being fine from the medical thing. So it's not a big deal. But there's, and I can't remember which um, psychological assessment it is, but it has all of these rows of has any of these things happened in the past year? And it can range from losing a job, getting divorced, getting married, moving, mm-hmm. um, losing it's a It's actually pet. used by insurance companies to help measure a level of stress that people are going through. That's what it measures. And mm-hmm. some of these things you read started college. You know, you read these things and you say, well, that's not that stressful. Mm-hmm. But then they start adding up over time and you mm-hmm. see how even some things that are seemingly small, especially if they're added up with other things can mm-hmm. really affect a person inside how they're mentally f- functioning mm-hmm. and processing. And, and yeah, things can, things can come of that. And there is, you know, they have been married 30 years. They did get married young. They did. So part of my question is, is she maybe grieving her youth? Is she grieving the fact that that... Mixed in all of that, that's a very possible thing. I like what you said there earlier, though. It's actually, rather than saying call them because they're grief experts, you were were better at this, and they actually say it differently. Call them because they're loss experts. Mm -hmm. They help people who deal with any loss, like the loss of of the business, loss of the kids going, moving out, a loss of the fact that you have medical problems. And so you might want to use the word loss as opposed to the word grief. That was a good point, Kimberly, about that, because they may say, no, I'm not suffering any kind of grief. Yeah, but do you have a sense of loss? Mm-hmm. And and typically they respond to that faster and go, yeah, I do. Right. And so we recommend Spark of Life. These people are outstanding. They're, they're amazing. Uh, and I recommend that you go to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we're moving over to the state of Texas. Now- I thought that that was a... 
Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a siren. I think well, it was. Lynn, Lynn, are you there? Yes, this is Lynn. It was a siren. My apologies. Okay, we just want to make sure you're okay. It wasn't coming for you, right? I mean, you're not hurt. Or... <laughs> no. Beating. No, no, no. No, no. Just, no. Well, it was just the perfect time to key in there because she thought it was a yeehaw from Big Texas, <laughs> and I thought it was a siren, like, oh, my goodness, you've been a wreck. So I'm just glad you're okay. How may, how may we help you today, Lynn? So um, I just wanted to um, send my gratitude and thanks and appreciation um, to you and Kimberly and just everybody at Miller's Helpers. Um, I've been a long journey since the end of April hmm. um, with an affair and my children and just you and I have talked many times and then I joined uh, the Marriage Helper course. Um, along with getting my own therapy, and um, today we are on the road of reconciliation. It's a very slow process, but yeah, um, yeah. Awesome. he put on his wedding ring on his own. Mm. He told me Good. that he loves me on his own. Good. Um, and uh, we seem to be moving forward very slowly. So for those that are out there, the pies, I can attest to when I first started listening to your videos, it was, this is how I'm going to get them back. Um, hmm. And as I started to grow and start really thinking about what it is that I want and who I want to be and start letting go of him and his choices mm-hmm. um, and gain control over my own emotions, which I still have a long way to go. The flooding still happens here and there, but a lot less frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, started working on it for me and being who I want to be and the mom that I wanted to be and kind of went mm-hmm. through a grieving process for my marriage. Um mm-hmm. We actually celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary this past November, and I did not think that that day was going to come. That's Um, amazing. But through your guidance and your videos to really help me empathize and understand him and where he was emotionally, um, helped me able to take a back seat and really – the rage and the emotions that I was feeling kind of go to the wayside a little bit and focus more on me. And that, that was a big deal. Um, and the progress that we're making has just been, I honestly did not think that I would be having this type of phone call two or three months ago. So a lot of us, I'm very appreciative. Mm. We, we are impressed at the work you have done, young Absolutely. lady. Absolutely. Because you, you you've attacked your emotions, you attacked your situation. You have been exceptionally strong. I don't know if you always feel exceptionally strong, but I'm listening to the words of an extremely strong person. Mm-hmm. And I admire the fact that you have done all these things so well. And that's why it's happening. I mean, we love the fact that we can teach. We love the fact that we can lay out things that we know work. But ultimately, it always comes back to whether you do it or not. And, and you're doing that. And I think that's amazing. We're, we're proud of you. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank I love you. That. I, I just, the people that are on the phone call, I know exactly where you've been and how the hopelessness that they feel. And that was me from April through October. Um, mm-hmm. But keep working the process. Keep working on yourself. Work on your flooding. It's going to come and it's going to go. Um, and that was the biggest thing is once I, I worked on my flooding and found others to help me through that, he was able to see a different picture and he changed his own story without me changing it for him. That's so great. I love that. Well, if we can be of any further service to you, please let us know. But as I've already said, I mean, we've done it now. I am, I, and Kimberly as well. We're really, really proud of you. We yeah. really are. Lynn, do you have any of Joe's books? You know what? I don't. Um, I 
want to get the love path. That's one that I've been wanting to um, to get. I, I've read a ton of books um, along with the ones that my therapist has given me, but that's the one that I have not been able to get just yet. Well, you're going to get it. <laughs> it's going to be copy. autographed. <laughs> We're gonna send you. We're gonna send you some goodies. So please stay on the line so that our call screener can go back to you and get your mailing address so that we mm-hmm. can send that to you. But we would love to send that to you. Right. It may take a couple of minutes for the call screener to get back to you, but we definitely want to send you this book, my friend, our gift. And thank you so much for oh, this phone call. Thank, thank you. you. You know, she said something here that I don't know if we emphasize enough, Kimberly. And that's this. It's believing in and following the process. Mm. Because if you deal with your own emotions, your own emotions can lead you in so many different directions, some of which are good, some are mediocre, some of which are bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you listen to people who have all the answers, mm-hmm. like your friends or your family who say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And it's not because they're bad people, but first of all, typically they're not professionals. And secondly, even if they are, they're biased. Mm-hmm. We tell our own people all the time. We tell the people that work with marriage over Believe in the process because the process works. And and we often will also have to just pull our emotions back in line and say, believe in the process. It appears not to be working right here in this particular situation, but believe in the in the process because the process works. That's right. Emotions can pull you astray no matter who you are, even the helpers. But but if you believe in the process and follow the process, and it's much too complicated to, to, to explain in detail here, there's a generic explanation of it in the book that, that uh, she just referred to and talked about the, the art of falling in love. And, and you can get that on Amazon or you can contact us. And it gives the general to understand that it's a book. <laughs> and if we tried to explain everything in it that, that we want to explain in great detail, it would be a tome, <laughs> maybe a set of books, mm-hmm. and encycl- the old-fashioned encyclopedias. That's why we add to it. Kimberly does more than I do by far. She has me busy writing things all the time. And so Kimberly is on YouTube constantly teaching principles, etc. I do when I get a chance, and I've got so many things to do, but uh, she's excellent at that. My old speech teacher sent word to us from back when I was a freshman in college, so apparently, you know, he's lost his, he's lost his money <laughs> because he says that you Kimberly, Kimberly <laughs> is better on the YouTubes than I, and you know what? I think she is. And so be sure to go to uh, youtube.com slash marriage helper. And those, those videos are to help augment the book, Part of Falling in Love. Our workshop is even more intense than that. Then we have the online course, and we have so many different things we're doing. So, Kimberly, how about reading that other letter? Since we just got this Absolutely. great comment from Lynn, we don't need to read every word. We give the gist of it as we uh, get toward the end here. I'm far enough into my journey to where I try to only post positive information because I know how it is to just want a little hope when things seem hopeless. So here we go. I've been divorced from my wife for nearly 11 months now. I did all of the wrong things when she gave me the papers. I begged, whined, pleaded, manipulated, controlled, because that had always been my playbook. I then found Marriage Helper, and my client rep, Amber, got me straight with the quickness. Mm. I started consuming all of the marriage helper, marriage helper content that I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. However, I was fighting a losing battle with my wife as she was on the path, on the war path for divorce. After accepting that there was no convincing her to stay in the marriage, the hill worth dying on for me was to get her to the workshop. Let's say she didn't respond well to my request to go. Mm. She fought me with the fury of a thousand sons. She wow. told me that she hated me and would never go anywhere with me ever again. I was told to just let her be free, and it wasn't worth the effort by those closest to me. Hmm. After standing my ground for months that the only way I was going to sign any divorce papers was that she would go to the workshop, she finally conceded and agreed to go. We drove up and lodged separately. Hmm. I even thought that she was going to stand me up as she was 15 minutes late for the first day. She was attentive and participated beyond my expectations and even thanked me for inviting her to come upon her departure. She did still choose divorce, and I signed upon as agreed. I haven't always executed marriage helper principles, but I made consistent effort to get back on that horse when I fell. Over since the divorce, her wall has gradually decreased as she began to share bricks with me. Hmm. Recently, she even thanked me for being... Recently, she even thanked me for being such an ass to her about the workshop as it impacted the dynamic of our parenting. So let's fast forward to today. She uttered the words that I thought I would never hear. 
She said that she wanted to go back to the workshop 100% with me, but this time not as adversaries, but as the couple trying to figure out the future. I give give God all the glory for this as I can clearly see his his hand in all of it as of now. I just wanted to say that I know that a majority of you are going through the darkest days of your life. However, I promise that dawn is coming, and it may not be the way that you expect it, but believe that it is coming. God doesn't waste anything. And he redeems. Don't give up hope and have crazy faith for a brighter future, even if you were the only one that believes that you and your spouse still have a shot together. I'm glad you did read every word of that. I didn't read that beforehand. I was just going through and saw it and copied. That's amazing. Who gave that to us to read? Who gave it to us? Yeah, I know it's someone on the staff. Which one? You said that. Jared. Jared. Okay, Jared's one of our coaches, mm-hmm. and he's also one of our admins in our Facebook groups. And so he sent that to us and said, you need to read this. And you trusted Jared enough that you didn't read it before we came I, on the air. <laughs> read it. That is amazing. That is amazing. I'm so glad. Yeah. I hope you, if you are having a rough time, listen to that one again, because that is, that is deep. That is amazing. Don't give up hope. As a matter of fact, we have a lot more questions. I wish we could get to all one. I can see it written here, and I don't have time to talk to the person. I did a major push. Does that mean there's no hope of reconciliation? Let me tell you when we give up. Now, major pushes are bad. Don't do them. But at the same time, we know that you're not going to be perfect at this. And even the people who wrote these letters mm-hmm. talked about how they imperfect are imperfect. Lynn from Texas a moment ago about how they, she hasn't done it perfectly either. But you don't have to be perfect. Understand the system and follow the system. And, and if you do a major push, yeah, it's going to back you up. I mean, we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to make you feel good about it because you shouldn't have done the major push. But it's not time to give up hope. And people say, well, is there still a chance of reconciliation? Personally, I believe reconciliation no longer exists as a possibility only when one of these two things happens. One, one of you marries somebody else. Well, if you're married to somebody else, we're not trying to help you marry back the other person again. You understand, if if you are married to somebody else, we're not trying to end that marriage. We are marriage helper, not marriage destroyer. Secondly, if one of you, God forbid, were to die. Up until then, no matter how bad it has been, no matter how many errors you have made, no matter how sometimes stupid that you can be, Mm -hmm. it's always possible to find that path back to reconciliation and to have a good marriage. As Kimberly knows, and everybody who works at Marriage Helper, my wife and I, because of my bad actions, very bad decisions, choices, were divorced for three years before we actually put it back together. And we've been married coming up on 33 years. This summer will be in our second marriage and she's my best friend and I love her with all my heart so yeah sometimes you can do things and think oh my goodness there's no hope left <sighs> don't give up there's always hope until one of you marries somebody else or God forbid one of you dies we believe that and if you would like to know more about that you check us out at marriagehelper.com or we got over 200 videos as a matter of fact it's got to be more than that now because you're putting yeah. up how many? More than 300 now. More than 300 videos on YouTube. You go to youtube.com slash marriage helper. That was our uh, our producer over there, Jesse, uh, letting me know how many are there. Kimberly has done a lot of those. And we have a great team of people that we work with here. Everybody at Marriage Helper cares. They're awesome people. So we want to help you. What else do we need to mention to them? The course that's still open, or you mentioned earlier, uh, the live thing. Mm, Yes. If you are in a situation where you're saying, well, I want to know these principles people are talking about, but you maybe don't want to go through the 10 week course, you want to get it in a weekend, we're having that opportunity and you get the course in addition to it as well for a follow up later if you want. But we are going to be doing our Save My Marriage course over the course of three days here in Nashville, Tennessee, March 27th through 29th. If you want more information about that, then give our office a call, talk to our client relations representatives They can help get you set up with that, um, get you registered for that event that we're having here. And that's for one spouse, the spouse that wants to make it when the other spouse spouse. is not interested in making it. Right. So you don't have to convince your spouse to come with you. That's right. You don't have to convince your spouse. And you get to come to Nashville. You get to hear it come all from Dr. Joe. He's going to be teaching the majority of what we're going to be doing there. So you're going to hear it from the expert for sure. So be sure to make plans to come. We already have people from all over the world coming wow. europe england Austria, i mean everywhere i didn't know that england wasn't in europe 
<laughs> we're glad these people are coming from everywhere, and we hope that you come. We still have spaces left. Yes, we do. We we have a we do. We expanded the amount of people we can fit mm. in the room because we were almost at capacity, and we hadn't even opened it up to the general public yet. So we've expanded the spaces, but it is space limited. So do be sure to call if you're interested in it and get the pricing on that, and go ahead and register so that we can get prepared and for you. The number they call is eight six six. 903-0990. And of course, if you are in a situation where you and your spouse are ready to do something together, then we have our workshops and those are happening not every week, but a lot of weeks. 26 of them this year. There's 26 this year. Exactly. We have another mm-hmm. one coming up this weekend and we would love to have you join us for that. If that is where you are, it will be amazing for you and for your marriage, just like this testimonial, the last one yes. we read said. Awesome. Amazing things happen there. Thank you for being with us today. We look forward to meeting you on this program again next Monday. Thank you.